Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, your podcast for business IT support. If you are a managed service provider, IT professional of any kind, we help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. We also try to present you with interesting news bits and stories from around the industry that may have be of interest to you. And then we talk to vendors and partners, and that is what we are doing today. This is a spotlight episode where we are talking about documenting and providing better procedures for your uh, business in a much better fashion. We are talking about sweet process, and I have Owen Megab Anahu with me. Owen, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You pronounce the name Awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of research in there and a lot of practice. I usually butcher names. Um, good, good. But the Owen glad part is here. good. That's, that's, uh, I'll call you Owen. That's easy. Yes, Marvin, I'm glad to be here. All yeah. right. So, Owen, your business, Sweet Process, uh, you've actually been around for a while, but apparently we've not either heard about you in the MSP space or I'm just a noob. So tell me, tell me, what, <laughs> tell me which is right. Great, great. So Sweet Process is a software that enables the, you know, the business owners, their managers, and even employees on the ground to collaborate together to quickly and easily document procedures on how they do their work. So they, at any given time, there's one single source of truth, one place online that when they need to find instruction on how to do a specific task that is recurring, they can go and find it. And over time, they can also improve this document. So we make that whole collaboration together to document uh, procedures easy to use and so you can do it fast. And on top of that, uh, we also created means for you to actually assign tasks to employees based on what you've documented because we find that a lot of times these uh, improvements that come don't come when you're documenting the procedure, but come actually when the work is actually being done. So it's a one software that does both parts, the documentation as also as well as the task management. So that's sweet process in a nutshell. Okay. So your company started, what, in 2013? Yes, 2013. And I can tell you, uh, the, can, should I give a history of how we even got started? Sure, we can do that now. Um, I was going to ask you, I, I think when I was looking around when we first got uh, introduced to each other, yep. you actually started as a virtual assistant company? Oh, yeah. So basically, back in the day, uh, before 2013, when we got started with Sweet Process, I used to provide uh, entrepreneurs here in the U.S. with staff to to do work for them. So basically, back office support. And this was a time when uh, people had read the books like The 4-Hour Workweek and even uh, The World is Flat and stuff like that. These were the books that came out at that point and basically was telling you know the small to medium-sized business owners that they could actually do the same things where they could uh, outsource their work and get work done cheaper in a different country and before then it was you you would typically think like the the um, the what's it called the uh, phone companies going there and hiring like you know hundreds of seats so you thought it was mostly the bigger companies that could do stuff like that but this book made people understand that small business owners could do that and so one of the things i was running into was they, they read these books and get so excited about getting someone to come to do the work and they think magically that you know they can basically outsource the work and that person will hit the ground running but the reality is that there's a lot of uh stuff that needs to happen for that to to to, for them to take over the work and do it properly. First of all, you're dealing with somebody that's working in a different time zone and another thing, they're working, you know, in sense, different culture, right? But more importantly, for them to do the work 
the way you want it to be done, there needs to be standard operating procedures in place for the different recurring tasks that you want them to do so that they have a, a point to start from. So what I was doing back then was I was spending a lot of time educating my customers, say, hey, I know you love to just hit the ground running like that, but that, that, it doesn't work like that. Let's go ahead and tell us a specific task that you are doing on a recurring basis. Uh, someone on my team will go through, uh, discuss, this was we're using Skype back in the day, we'll discuss with you how you work on that task, we'll record that conversation, and then behind the scenes, someone on my team will take that document uh, the, the recording and create a document step-by-step SOP on how the work is done so that we have a starting baseline. And as we continue to do the work, those uh, documents get improved. But one of the things I run into back then was that the tools for actually documenting procedures, either they were enterprise level tools that were, you know, hard for even my, my teammates to use, or they were, they were just about uh, uh, tools that were hacking together that were not necessarily meant for what we we're trying to do. We're just hacking a bunch of different word processing tools and, things together to make that happen. So in the back of my mind, I was like, there has to be something that makes this easier to, to do. Then moving forward, I got invited to a uh, podcast just like this one uh, by the host, Andrew Warner. The name of the podcast is Mixergy. And I was brought on there to teach entrepreneurs how to document procedures based on what I was doing. And my co-founder, Jervis, Jervis Whitley, all the way from Australia, listened to that podcast, and then he reached out to me and said, dude, I love what you were talked about, uh, what you talked about on the call, and the, the system, the framework you have for documented procedures, which I'm going to cover here, but I, I want to discuss something with you. I had this app idea I have based on kind of what you were talking about. Uh, do you want to talk? And so I said, okay, let's go ahead and have a conversation. Lo and behold, he was trying to build an app uh, for documenting procedures, and I was like, dude, instead of just uh, you know, us having a conversation here and then that's it. Why don't we build this stuff together? Because I'm having this issue running uh, the business where I need this app uh, that you're trying to uh, build. We can, you know, talk to, uh, about it. And, you know, lo and behold, we uh, started a business together, which is Sweet Process. And fast forward now, Sweet Process has over uh, 1,500 uh, companies using Sweet Process. The typical company has between 20 to 100, even more employees using Sweet Process. And we it runs the gamut from, uh, you know, uh, uh, state government uh, uh, departments using Sweet Process, hospitals, banks. I mean, if you go to our website on the case study page and video page, you see different industries and stuff like that. But that's how Sweet Process got started. Okay. So from the beginning, you were, you know, trying to create faster, better processes for people to, you know, to not only document their policies and procedures, but to get them out to the people when they needed them. So when you talk about assigning tasks, that sounds something like a managed service provider in the tech industry could really love, where we could create a process and assign it to a tech in a field in a remote office for a particular client. So that probably wasn't where you started with the idea, but it sounds like that's uh, uh, one of the good ending spots for you. Yeah. What we even realized uh, was that if you go back to the story, I'll share this is that um, because the tools we're using were so hard to use, right? Before I met uh, uh, Jervis, I said to Jervis when we started this whole thing, I said, I know you're a programmer and, and you were excited about going, you know, programmers just like to just code and create stuff. Let's not do that immediately. Let's spend some time 
having conversations with would-be customers, potential customers, trying to find, you know, go layers deep to understand this actual problem. What is keeping them from being able to document stuff? Even how, what's keeping them from being able to improve the document? What's keeping them from being able to solicit feedback so from, from the employees so that it's not a one thing depending on one person. It's, it's like a group effort thing. So we had conversations with over like 50 or so different potential customers and, uh, all me asking them, having a uh, conversation with them, trying to find out what's, what's their issues. And then we took those conversations and we were able to summarize. And a lot of the points that we got from that summary conversation was how we ended up building sweet process to make sure that it met the root issues that they were actually facing with the need to make this thing simple and easy uh, to use. Yeah. So let's go back to the specifics of what the program gets uh what gets put into the program so my first thought when you talk about documentation with employees is really about policies and procedures but this seems as though it can be a lot more than that is that correct so in our app you can document three types of document policies procedures and processes so procedures are kind of like checklists you know step one do this step two do that kind of thing a process is in a situation where there's some type of task where uh, a simple single procedure is not going to be able to document it. So you need multiple procedures to document this single larger task. An example would be like in a larger company where, uh, you know, you want to hire somebody. And so there's a series of steps you follow to get HR to approve the job. That will be its own procedure. Then there's a series of steps after HR has approved the hiring to go ahead to, uh, you know, uh, place job ads on all the different uh, uh, approved job boards. That's another procedure. Now you get people uh, basically trying to uh, interview, right? So there's a series of steps in another procedure for how you conduct interviews, so on and so forth, till you get to maybe the final procedure where you're onboarding the staff. In this case now, this is not a single procedure, but it's a bunch of procedure all with the sole aim of documenting that single large task of docu- uh, of hiring an employee. So in our app, that will be considered a process. So processes contain procedures. And then we have policies where policies are like free form information where it's not necessarily steps, but I'll give you an analogy. If you're driving on a, a road, say Maryland, where I am now, no, Germantown, Maryland to DC, and you have a GPS, GPS says, turn left on the street, go this many miles. That like in our app, that will be likened to a checklist. But when you get on that same road, you see a sign that says 30 miles per hour. That sign doesn't tell you uh, how to drive 30 miles per hour. It just tells you that when you're on this road, the rule is 30 miles per hour. That will be likened to a policy. So that policy is a free form information that you know you need to pass to employees. And that could be related to a procedure or a process, or it can be stand alone. All right. So for somebody like us, that could be onboarding a client. We'd have all of our steps to onboarding the client, and each step could have its own policy and procedure as subcategories of that. So that made sense. Now, the other thing that intrigued me is that this is an app. So this is not something that is just simply web-based or in a SharePoint site inside of a company. This sounds like it's something that can be used on a tablet, on a phone, anywhere that uh, there's access. Now, is it is it an, its own contained app or is it just a web page modified to work on a mobile device? Great question. So the app itself, there's a desktop version of it where you can uh, get access to it from the desktop. And then we have native uh, apps on iOS and as well as uh, uh, Android. So you can get it on on, on those uh, mobile devices as well. So the thing is, uh, the, the way we have it that way is because 
when it comes to documenting and creating those documents, we feel like the best place to do that is on the desktop because sometimes you have to create screenshots, create videos, so on and so forth, and to enhance the information that you have into in, in the document. But on the other hand, a lot of times you're on the ground doing work or you're at your client's uh, you know uh, place and you really want to get access to information quickly. That's where the the app comes in place, where you you can quickly just reference the instructions inside of the app and look at, okay, if I'm working on this very task, this is the steps I take, you know, and then you can even, if you have to carry out tasks, you can uh, uh, check tasks on the the mobile app as well while you're getting work done. I mean, one of the things that we do that is cool is you can actually download a, a QR code. Right for that very procedure, and maybe you put that QR code on a machine. That maybe, maybe that specific machine you, you you have to take certain steps on it. You just take take your 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 um, phone, get on your camera. It, it it snaps the the QR code. Click a button, and that opens up that procedure. So now it takes the instruction from just being on a computer, but it, it takes more physical. Where you know uh, you need to get instructions on how to do something while you're working on the field. You know that scan that QR code. The instruction is right there in front of you. One of the things I want to do for the for the listeners is I know we're talking about sweep process, but I want to give them a framework on how they can document procedures, regardless of whether they use sweep process or not. If, if you're okay with that, we can do that. Sure, that's fine. Okay, so yes, one of the things is that people are you know uh, you know worried about okay, uh, we don't have enough time to do things in the first place, especially as the owner of the business, you're wearing so many uh, hats, and now you, you understand the importance of documenting procedures, but no time to do it, so they get scared thinking that they have to do it all themselves. But what I'm going to uh, share with you right now is a way to, for you to do it in such a way that you collaborate with your employees to do it. So the first thing you got to think about is uh, ask yourself the question. Uh, before you ask yourself the question, first of all, evaluate all the things you're doing on a recurring basis, you know, maybe over a period of a week to see what are those things that you, you do quite often, right? And then ask yourself, which are the things that are not necessary to be done in the first place? Because... You know, you have this whole thing of tribal knowledge where, oh, this is the way we've always done things. And what I don't want you to do is document everything. I want you to only document what is essential, which is necessary to to keep doing moving forward. Now, you'll be left with the tasks that you know you need to keep uh, doing moving forward. Now, and the question you ask yourself is, uh, after that, is which of these tasks, first of all, you will document a procedure for something that is not recurring. So it has to be recurring, meaning that you do it maybe every week, every three months, something that you do quite often over and over again. And then you ask yourself, uh, which of these recurring tasks are revenue generating tasks, the ones that bring in customers, most likely will be your sales and your marketing, versus which ones are the ones that they're not quite revenue generating, but they're more production, the things you do internally to make, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to uh, deliver uh, results to your, to your clients and stuff like that. A lot of times people want to jump and start documenting procedures for the uh, direct marketing and sales, you know, revenue generating tasks. But I say hold off on that because if you do that, you'll be tempted to start finding new salespeople, new marketing people to come and take over the tasks that you've documented to bring in more customers. But yet you have these bottlenecks on this other side that is more chaos. So you're getting more customers to face the chaos, right? We don't want to do that. So that's why I say focus on the other side first and then identify what is the, the, the biggest bottleneck of uh, this production task that you have, the biggest one might be the one that people keep asking you over and over again. How do I do this? It's like a recurring theme in a company. How do I do this? How do I, you know, figure out what that one is? And so, okay, I start with that first. Then before you do anything, you need to install in your minds of your, uh, your, your staff and your managers or people on the ground that, Hey, this is going to be a 
thing where we it's a continuous improvement type of thing. The reason why I want you to install that mindset in their head is that I want them to understand that you know it's these documents are not going to be perfect from day one. We're going to start from version zero and keep you know going on from there. So everybody with that mindset in place. Now we have identified identified the the biggest bottleneck of the task. When is the best time to document it? The next time you're working on the task itself, that's the best time because. While you're working on a task, you can think through the steps and you can start uh, uh, documenting. The first thing you need to do is document the title of the task. And then as you are working on each step, let's say it's a 10-step task, enter the title of each of the 10 steps. And that's it. I call that a minimum viable procedure. It's just the skeleton or the outline of the procedure. Now, how do you go that, uh, go from that to something that has more details? Now, once you have that outline, you hand over the outline to a manager that you've probably trained on a task before or some employee that you verbally trained on a task and say, hey, next time you're working on a task, take some time to actually fill in some details in there. And the details you have to fill in doesn't have to be like encyclopedia level. It just has to be something that has some information in there. Just, just something. Just put some. Let's enhance it from what I've done. You know, it could be text. It could be a screenshot. It could be like maybe a, a, a one minute video. I, like with the caveat that when you, if you're creating a video for uh, discussing a specific step, we don't want to create a movie, right? We want to create very short uh, videos or whatever if we do that. And then you put those into the step. And so now the next time the manager is working on the task or the next time the employees are working on the task, they have that document that has gone from that version one that was the outline to some details that has been filled in. And over time, as they keep doing this, that's how that document keeps improving. And what you're going to run into is that as they are working on the task, with this document in front of them, you know, uh, that's is being gradually improved, they're going to come across situations where there's new insights they have uh, they have as they are doing the work that you you didn't think about before. And so they can pass that information back to you and then you can go ahead and tweak and improve that document. Now, that's the dance you do for that very first document. Once you have that document in place, you start looking at what's the next biggest bottleneck. You do that same dance again. And before you know it, you've gone from one, uh, uh, you know, bottleneck to the next one to the next one, and you've documented quite some ins- instructions in there. You can then start looking at okay, this you know revenue generating, you know, the sexiest things like the sales and the marketing. You do the same things there, and the ho- with the whole goal, goal that you have these documents in place so that you can begin to start bringing on staff who can take over the work from you. You know, that's kind of the way to play it. Okay, now let me go back because you've now mentioned twice this concept of videos and. Am I understanding correctly that you can actually create short little videos as part of this documentation process? Yes. So one of the things we we, we learned during the interviews of the potential candidates of uh, or clients or sweet process back in the day, before we even became customers, we had to talk to people like so we could figure out what to build for the app. And one of the things that we, we, we learned as a result of the interviews was that people have multiple styles of learning, right? So we had to build an app that accommodates all styles of learning. Some people learn by reading, so you need text in there. Some people learn by seeing things, so you need screenshots and uh, videos in there. And people learn, some people learn by actually doing. So by doing means that the app itself, not only do people have to see the instructions, but you should be able to assign tasks to people so they can carry it out and get it done. So yes, our app, you know, when you're using Sweet Process, you can have screenshots in there. You can even have a video. You can upload your own video to sweet process or you can link uh, to a video that you already have and sweet process will render the video and you see it right there in the instructions and, and it's very important for uh, the msp owners or even managers listening to this because in, in your case is unique in the sense that not only do you have internal things uh, from onboarding standpoint for you for you guys to do internally to run the company 
But because you guys deal with a lot of customers, you have to have SOPs in place for how you actually do work for your customers so that, you know, you, you carry out these tasks and get it done in such a way because they're depending on you for their IT. So if you don't have SOPs in place and people do the wrong things, oh, internet could be down. Yeah. For the, for, for the client. So this is very essential that you have the documents in place, not only for what you guys do internally, but how you do work for each of your clients. Okay. So this sounds like, and, and I'm going to reference a couple of other documentation products that currently are big in our space, IT mm-hmm. Glue, which is one that I use for all oh, of yeah. our IT documentation. Uh, Hoodoo is a big one that's in there, but I don't know that either of these will allow for videos to be uploaded. So that's a big plus. And the assignment of tasks, I know that uh, those are being started in those documents, um, packages, but in terms of being able to have them mobile, I think that that's that's huge to be able to do that. So let's transition um, um, away from the framework. Now, you mentioned a few steps there before I transitioned. Did we hit all of the steps? Yeah, so one of the things that people have also found is useful is that you know, when they start documenting stuff, people might say, okay, maybe is there a specific way we want to see documents mm-hmm. in our company? So one additional tip that can help is you, you can even create like a template document, like a procedure on how to create procedures for my company, right? And so it could just be a template. Okay, this is how I want you to name the procedures. This is how I want you to name the steps. This is how I want you to, you know, have content, uh, you know, in, inside of the step. So you can have that handy so that people are not just, you know, starting from, from scratch or whatever or doing things on their own, but they are doing things based on the way you want to see them. So that's a, a thing to have in there. And then also you might run into situations where maybe you don't, your employees are so busy they don't even have time to work on these documents or you don't even have time. Well, there's an answer for that. There are people who call process consultants who their entire job is they're hired to come into your company to look through your processes and help you, you know, improve them. And part of that can also be helping you document some of them. So in, if it's a thing that you, you, you internally are not able to do, now you have a, a, another option, which I just re- revealed to you, where it's people who are process consultants who can help you uh, get the work done. Okay, great. So now the question is going to be, what things can this integrate with and help us in our business? Because obviously we would all like to have documentation of our procedures. We'd like to be able to assign tasks and things out. But one of the big things is, what else can I use this for or with? So basically, we build the app so that uh, you, we have an API that, you know, if you're, te- I'm talking to a lot of technical people here, right? MSPs, yeah. right? So you you can uh, integrate our app via our API directly to the APIs of whatever software you are using, right? And also, if you don't have time to do that, you can also, there's a third-party uh, app integrator tool called Zapier or Zapier, whatever the name is, but Z-A-P-I-E-R. So it connects a bunch of different apps so we have that as well that you can uh, uh, use so you know the, the, if you want something more uh, to be more controlled then you might want to do the direct to direct api of boot software okay and so your your api is pretty much open you give it to anybody and it'll integrate uh, uh with any package and then you can obviously customize yeah. that to work okay yeah. all right now i also saw on your site that you pretty much have a very simple pricing structure. 
I'm glad you mentioned that. So one of the things that compared to our competitors is that they do something where it's like, okay, uh, I'm going to charge you per user, right? So if you have like a hundred users or they, if they have a hundred, the person listening now, you have a hundred employees that you want to use this software. And so on the, this month, beginning on this month, you added all hundred employees to the software. Now, obviously not all hundred are going to use the software. And let's say in this example, like 30 employees use the software. What will happen with the employ- uh, with the competitors is that this month you will pay for all hundred, regardless of the fact that in this example, 70 people did not use the software. We don't think that's fair. So what we do have is a situation where we have a base price where it's uh, $99 that will cover up to 20 employees. So which means that if you have that uh, five employees use the software, you pay that $99. You have 10 employees, you pay $99. And if you have the 20 employees, which the base plan is for, you pay $99. So now there's an additional fee that comes in when you have more than that 20 that comes with the base. And that additional fee is a $5 per month fee it is only charged if the additional users become active. So our software looks through how people are using the software. And uh, when they become active users, that's when the additional fee will get charged. So in this example where I said 100 employees and 30 employees use the software this month, compared with the competitors where you pay for all 100, in our case, you pay for just the 30 because at a certain point, the software will look and say, okay, this additional 10 employees, they became active users of the software. And now let's charge the additional fees of this month. We'll pay like 149 for the total based on this example I just gave you. So, so who is considered active? So for instance, if we assign a task to somebody, that person obviously has to access the app to get their task assignment. Is that considered active? So that's a great question. So we have a full detailed explanation on on our website for how we determine who's active, but I'll give you a summary of it. So in every month you have, you know, uh, uh, four weeks, right? And so we look at, in every two weeks, we looked and see how many people in the last two, in the previous two weeks, actually logged in and used the software at least twice in the last two weeks. So if that person, uh, let's say in the first two weeks of the month, logged into the software at least twice, is considered active in that two weeks period. Now, in the next two weeks period before the month is over again, we look and see how many people logged into the software and use the software at least twice, right? So for someone to be considered fully active for the entire month, he would have had to be in the software at least four times in, you know, when you spread that code the, uh, the entire week. So uh, the entire four weeks of the, the month, we are expecting that person to have been in the software, using the software at least four times throughout the month. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of stuff there, and I know we can't really dig into everything, but I see that a lot of things that you're doing really works well when you're talking about you know, onboarding new employees or clients. You're talking about putting together training manuals, um, any type of uh, project that needs, you know, multiple hands in it. So it seems like this could also be like a project management app. Does that sound right? Well, I wouldn't want to say project management app because project management, they tend to follow the idea that, you know, you're doing a project is, you know, you're done with the project. That's it for us. The app is such that it's a business process management where for something where you're doing on a recurring basis, where you always do this, that's where our app comes into play. Because the fact that you always do this very task, maybe as part of your sales, or you always do that as part of your production to deliver deliver the results, and it's always happening on a recurring basis, that's why you need to, first of all, document how it is done. Because in most cases with a project, then when you're done with it, you're done with it. You don't don't probably need to document anything. So the very first thing you have to do in our app in in order to even assign a task 
there needs to be an underlying procedure or an underlying process that you have documented that before you can assign a task. So when you at the time of assigning a task to somebody to get real work done, the underlying documents, be the procedure or process, is right there in front of them. And they could never say, I don't know how to do it because the instructions are right there. Step one, oh, I got to go ahead and do this. The instructions on how to do it is right there. They go ahead and do it. Yeah. Okay. So we're more of a business process management uh, software. Okay. Well, I just had to ask because sometimes you never know. And uh, I don't want to you know, put the wrong idea out there about what <laughs> your product does. But it does sound like you can put together like a knowledge base for people to refer to if they ever need to research, hey, how did we do this? We did, you know, it's been a year, so we can go back into the documentation and find it. So that sounds good. So I'm glad you said that because there's one part of the software where you're focused on internal use of how, you know, you do things internally and sharing instructions with, with employees. But we also realize that you can also share instructions with your customer or share instruction with the public. So we have the ability for you to take those instructions you've documented and turn them into what we call knowledge bases. And people publicly can actually access it and see all the stuff. Like even our help article, uh, KB, that we, if you go to our website, sweetprocess.com forward slash help, the listeners can see it. That was built using our software. So you can actually build that for yourself and create a knowledge base for your customers and for the people publicly to go and see all these instructions on, on, on how stuff you work with people. And so it's, it's not only instructions for internal employees. You can use our software for instructions for the public as well. Okay. So, of course, the question that now gets asked is when a customer accesses a public knowledge base that you created, are they considered an active user? No. If it's publicly accessible then they're not considered a, the only, for them to be considered an active user, they need to have a user login. Okay. It mean logged into your software as a user. Yes. Okay. So that sounds great. It, it would be crazy if we, if we sent uh, <laughs> publicly accessible documents and consider the people who are viewing it as active. No, we don't do that. I, I got to ask because somebody will, somebody <laughs> will ask. And so I figured I would ask it here on the show and that way they'd hear it. Uh, uh, no, just because you create a publicly accessible knowledge base that does not make them active users. So sweet. Yeah. All right. As in sweet process. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so yeah. let me ask you how you came up with the name. Well, okay. First of all, I came up with the name because the name I, I don't want to throw my my co-founder under the bus, but the name he came, <laughs> the name the name he came to, came up with was like ah, he said it was procedurals. I was like, what? I'm like, like he was making a a, a play with the, you know these uh, uh, dinosaurs, like you know procedurals, like procedure and dinosaurs. I'm like, what dude, they, a big Jurassic Park uh, watcher like, or something? Nah, we're not gonna <laughs> use that name at all. But anyways. I, I started thinking to myself, like, you know, we understand that document documenting procedures is one of the uh, most important things from a standpoint of making sure that work gets done the way you want it. And only from that, from the standpoint, like, if you want to sell your company, the company has more value from having these things in place. But people delay doing this and put it on the backbone and put it on backbone because they feel like the whole process is difficult. So how can I, just from the name... Uh, make people feel like this sense of endearment to the ease of which it will be. So I started thinking of different like sweet candy, food, like just 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 to make people endear to it. So the idea was like, well, sweet process, right? You know, this idea, the whole thing is going to be sweet, easy to use, and so you know that's why we came up with sweet process. All right, so sweet process is the name. Sweetprocess.com is the website. You guys also have a Twitter handle at Sweet Process. You're on LinkedIn. 
and uh, that'll be great. So do we send our users that uh, or our listeners that want to so, find out about you to sweetprocess.com or? So we- here's the thing is, although I shared the framework of how you can document stuff, some people want to see some information. So we have a uh, 52 standard operating procedure templates that, you know, you can get access to for free. And to get access to that, you can go to sweetprocess.com forward slash Uncle Marv. So that's Uncle Marv. So sweet like candy, process like process. So sweetprocess.com forward slash Uncle Marv. All right. So we will add that link into the show notes. And you said 52 templates. Yes. It's 52 standard uh, standard operating procedure templates they can get access to, use it. And so that's where I want them to go. Start from there. And then you also get introduced to Sweet Process as well as a result. All right. Sounds very good. I will put that in the link and uh, listeners go there and find out more about Sweet Process. Well, Owen, I want to say thank you for reaching out and uh, coming on the show. Thanks, uh, Marvin, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. All right. And uh, we'll probably have you back on again as a follow-up and I'll of course get questions and I'll send them your way and um, we'll see how things are going here in a little bit. All right. Awesome. Looking forward to it. All right, folks. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the it business podcast. We'll be back with another great episode soon, but until then, holla.